is the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons. And brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. It's Miller time. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Lucchese, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. And by Omni. Omni Hotels and Resorts, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys. Now your hosts, Haley Sutton and Brad Chan. Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the Cowboys Hour. Welcome to our our final Cowboys Hour of the season. Um, the Victory Monday Club has a sign that says the this is the <laughs> Look Ahead Monday edition of the Cowboys <laughs> Hour, and, and it is. Well done by you. Always love the positivity from a- these people. Absolutely. Right <laughs> Thanks to those of you who come out to City Works at the Star District in uh, Frisco to be with us on the final show of the season tonight. And uh, look who's sitting next to Haley, and I don't mean me. It is a man <laughs> with so many titles that I haven't even ever been able to memorize them, but uh, he, he is uh, the Cowboys scouting director and uh, Ex officio major domo Will McClay. Thank you for coming. Well, thanks for having me. This you bet. Fun. This is uh, this is a um, a tough day mm-hmm. for because the because your team and, and by team I mean players, coaches, you and your staff, front office, everybody puts so much into everything. And it's a hard way to end when you think you've got a really good chance to advance. But I would like to begin, if I may, by saying to you on the air what I just said to you off the air. We can, since you didn't disagree, mm-hmm. and, and I'm thinking I, may, I might not get <laughs> swung at. But what I just said to Will was that, uh, you know, last year there was a feeling of uh, wondering if they got everything out of that group of players that was available that they had. You just weren't sure that there wasn't a little bit more. This team, when you consider uh, the injuries, the personnel pieces that you had to do in the offseason and throughout the year, uh, I, I really felt, Will, like this team got everything out of itself. Doesn't mean you couldn't have played better. Doesn't right. mean you couldn't have won right. the game. But I, th- I felt like this team really got everything out of itself that it had to offer. Is that a fair assessment? I think it's a fair assessment because starting in April when the players came in and started the offseason program, you know, you could see it kind of building. And then, um, you know, as much as everybody put into it, um, the belief in it and, you know, all the things that we had to go through. Um, and, and, you know, you, you, your quarterback goes out early in the season. You know, you rally there. People are saying you can't do this and that. And, the way the coaches and the team and the players rallied and the new guys that had to step up in new roles and the young guys that played uh, and did things and joined. You know, it's a hard thing to do when you get young players and to put them into a team that's established and then try and, you know, kind of carry that momentum forward. And they did a really good job with that and the belief. And that's why it's, uh, it's a, you know, like you said, we were there's – a, there's a little bit left that we were hoping we could get out and we didn't get it out. You know, I think as I reflect on it, I hadn't really thought about this very much today because my brain has been pretty much turned off all day. <laughs> um, not that it <laughs> – a lot of people think it stays in the off mode. But, um, you know, last year, w- coming out of the fog, there were some serious personnel questions and you kind of wonder, well, how are they going to do this? How are they going to put this back together? This team feels like it's a lot closer 
than last year's team felt like at this time, if that makes any sense. I mean, and nothing ever goes the way you think it's going to, uh, good or bad. But it, it just feels like a, a couple of people, you know, you got to have some good luck and yep. have some guys. Get, but it just feels like the right three or four pieces and you might be right where you want to be. Is that is that fair? I think that's fair. I mean, you know, other than the Rams last year who, you know, threw a bunch of stuff together and it worked. Um, yeah, but they mortgaged the future. Yeah, and part of this deal is building for the future while you're having success. And we've had two seasons with 12 wins and, you know, all of those positive things. And so when you build a culture like Mike's trying to do with the team and, you know, all the coaches – you build that, and then guys believe in it, and then now it becomes part of your fiber. Then that's how teams grow, and they stay consistent with the opportunity to win for a long amount of time. And I think that's what we're building towards. And, again, we've got to – we still have some free agents. We have to resign. We've got to rebuild this thing. You've got to go through the draft. But if the pieces are in place to uh, put them into and they understand what they're getting into and you get the right kind of guys, you can continue that momentum going forward. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, when you when – you it's, it, I love listening to Brad just kind of describe things, but when you really think about this team and the roster that you had and the pieces that you guys, for lack of better terms, kind of scrambled to put together when certain players were going out to have the results that they did, I mean, it's still a successful season, right? How proud are you of this group of guys? I know that word resilient has been used throughout the entire season. Just how resilient was this group? You know, it, it fit. You know, Coach talked about it in the very beginning, and when you – you know, have a, a motto or a word that describes it and then it plays out that way, uh, I think it's fulfilling because it tells you about the people that you have in the building. Uh, one of the things we always talk about at X's and O's and this guy, that guy, but, but really what you're doing is you're putting a bunch of people together to try and accomplish something. And while you fall short of it, uh, to go through all those trials and tribulations that helps you see that what you're building, you got the right kind of people. And, you know, um, that's a big part of it. Now we've got to make plays and do all that other stuff, you know, when it comes down to it. But you've got the right people to do it. I feel like we're, you know, we're working towards that. Speaking of people, um, I'm remiss already in not thanking everybody in addition to uh, the folks who've come out to be with us this evening at CityWorks. Uh, thanks to all of you listening wherever you are on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network and watching, streaming wherever and whenever you are on DallasCowboys.com. That's the little black boxes. Wave to the people. Well, there you go. Now, now people can look. Your kids can look and see. And hey, Jamie, yeah. how you doing, buddy? Yeah. Um, Maybe you better be doing homework. <laughs> yes, but he tomorrow after school he can stream <laughs> DallasCowboys.com. That's the point, yes. right? Um, look, see, Gaby, I got, I'm, I'm, I'm got your back, buddy. <laughs> uh, so uh, the other thing about people is you talked about the right kind of people. And one of the real strengths of this team was the close. I, I mean, I thought they were close last year. I mean, I'm talking about by close, I'm talking about coming together as human beings mm -hmm. and what they get. Uh, this team swore, and there's no evidence to the contrary, that they were even closer. The bond was even tighter. Yes. How do you keep that going and replicate it and even improve on that? I think it starts with, um, with your fiber, your, 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 your players that you're going to count on it's the Zach Martins it's the Dak Prescott's it's you know Micah growing into it um, it's it's those players and uh, it's their locker room uh, making sure that whoever comes in that locker room understands how we do things um, the unique thing is you know being here in Dallas we have in the off-season workouts we're at 90 percent participation on off-season workouts which is unheard of 
for a number of teams. So uh, it starts there. And then it's going through the battles together. It's training camp. It's what we do in the offseason before you get to training camp. Uh, and we got a good group of young guys that um, – and I've, I've heard it several times from different people, not just uh, in our building, but the young guys that we have and the things that they've done and how they fit in. It, it, it shows that, you know, we can build that bond and continue to grow that because of those young guys being able to follow the plan. All right, in this game yesterday – um, what what surprised you, good and bad? Um, what surprised me, not really surprised me, because when you watched us work during the week, it, starting with Tampa, you know, play after the Washington game, you know, there's a bunch of questions, and then you go into Tampa week, and you start talking about the details on offense, defense, and special teams, the uh, attention to detail that guys played, uh, you know, paid to what they needed to do, Tampa was extremely positive all right this week for short week uh san francisco unique offense defense the whole thing uh the way that we were prepared there i thought us stopping them uh initially offensively uh, really shanahan was kind of scrambling trying to figure out hey how he was going to move the ball that was um i was i was proud to see that because i thought if you do that we got an opportunity the disappointing thing were the mishaps you know in in these games uh, the playoff games are usually come down to one possession, the final possession, a few points, and it's the team that makes the least mistakes. And, you know, we had some, some things that happened. You know, we turned the ball over. At the end of the day, we turned it over. We didn't get any turnovers. That was the disappointing thing. We made a living off of turnovers, you know, to lead the league two years in a row in turnovers, and then you come down to crunch time and not get any. That's the identity of the team. And, you know, well, guys battle hard and everything else, but you've got to do, take advantage of those. And we had, you know, some opportunities we didn't take advantage of. You did get one. I don't want to – you got the – The fumble. On the, the fumble. Yes, which, yes. which was, you know, Kelvin Joseph employing a peanut yeah. punch. And so yeah. that's, that's how you led the league in fumble yes. recoveries, I think. You created yes. those things. And you, but you only get three points out of that. You know, it's just right. in those games you've got you – know, and that's continuing to build. You've got to be able to do those kind of things. What did you think was missing from the offense yesterday? What what did you kind of see, or what was your takeaway of why the offense really just wasn't as productive as what we've seen them be? The San Francisco defense. I mean, the top ranked. Well, you defense. mean the other guys getting paid yeah, too? The other guys <laughs> get paid too. The other guys get paid too. And I think uh, when when Tony got hurt, uh, that took you know a big playmaker out of our team. Uh, you know, he makes things happen you know, on his own, as well as within the confines of what you do. But he does some unique things that gives us some explosive plays. And, you know, I think plus what, you know, guys knew that when he came back out at halftime, it was broken. And, you know, there's, hey, we got to do this. And that, you, you miss those explosive plays from Tony. Um, we're going to take uh, our first break just a minute or so early because we I want to get into a bunch of things with Will. Uh, I'm going to tell everyone right now, I'm going to ask him, and Haley and I are both going to ask him several questions, which he won't answer. Uh, but that's kind of our job, and that's his job. Uh, but we have to try on, on everyone's behalf, and we all know how the game is played. But I also want to know, I want, I want fans to understand what happens now, not for the players who need some time off. There's no time off for the scouts, and, and I don't think really for the coaches either. Uh, and I think fans would like to know a little bit about that. We'll hear about that from Will McClay when we come back on the Cowboys Hour.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to the Cowboys Hour. We are here at CityWorks in the Star District in Frisco. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Haley Sutton, Brad Sham, and we are joined by, I'm told, the Vice President of Player Personnel, Will McClay. Well, it's always so interesting for me in this business just to get to talk to the people who are kind of behind the scenes, so to speak. It's always interesting just to hear your perspective. So spark notes really quick, but how does your job change, if at all, now that the season's over? Where do you kind of shift your focus and your attention to? It shifts shifts more towards the draft now. Um, Most people in my position or my duties, they kind of spend more time on the college side. Um, I get to spend more time with the team, understanding what our building is, where our coaches, players, all that stuff during the season. And now it's really uh, changing focus to the draft and looking at, you know, the strategies of what's in the draft, what are we looking for, you know, kind of getting to know the players, uh, really absorbing the work that our scouts do 
uh, and then transferring that information to ownership and the coaches and saying, okay, this is how we're going to plan it out and, you know, go through the process getting up to the draft. There's Senior Bowl next week, um, you know, then getting ready for the combine. There's a couple, you know, the all-star games. There's uh, the one in Las Vegas this week. There's, you know, so we got all of our scouts are at that. We go to that. The information's coming back and start figuring out the draft board, start dealing with free agency. Aha. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, looking at the free agents that are available, understand what we're going through. You know, we've got to go through. It's like today I talked to the trainers, and we've got you know a list of injuries that we've got to take care of and all those things. And just understand where we are in our roster and look at what's coming and where the strengths and weaknesses in draft and free agency are. Would you say you're more busy now or during the season, or is it just a different busy? I think more busy now because when you get to the season, when we start the season, it's – you know, the, the training camp, okay, now everything's kind of in a capsule. You know the time frame. You know when you play. You know your weeks. You know all that. Now, you know, it's like, okay, where are we going to go to school? You know, what schools are we going to go to? You know, what pro days? Um, you know, the, the, the interviewing of players, all those different things, trying to coordinate schedules with coaches and players and, you know, doing all those things. So it's more busy now and really trying to dig into finding out who these young guys are that we might be bringing in. And the unique part about the NFL is there's no – minor league we talk to these guys for you know 15 20 minutes at a all-star game at their school ask people about them and now we're gonna invest in them so the hard part is trying to find the right way that to dig to get enough information to feel comfortable about who you're gonna get so that's the hard part about it to me. what off season yeah. <laughs> well, no there's none for them uh in fact when do you go on vacation um right before training camp might yeah. have a couple weeks uh is your draft focus not influenced as we get closer to it by what happens in veteran free agency i think you build it you're trying to find good players and we still uh, yeah but if you if you sign a a couple of free veteran free agents with the expectation that they're going to play doesn't that inform how high unless there's something surprising yeah unless you pick unless there's a cd lamb doesn't that inform kind of where you prioritize positions and players in the draft it does you're building the team to play the next year but you also have in mind that you have to you know you want to continue to build this thing so you have 12 win seasons or more in a, you know in, in, in a string so that you have an opportunity so we're not only drafting for the future we are drafting for now the free agency comes into play to kind of help you shape your board and thought process but you're never one player away you're never one free agent away it's like this year, you know, you think you have guys and injuries happen and you got to have guys that are, you know, backing those up that you think can uh, can develop. So here is what I think is the hardest part of the whole thing. Uh, you've got a budget. You have yes. a salary cap. Yes. And um, a lot of people don't know that with uh, third-year players on their first contract, after the third year, as soon as the regular season is over, you may now start negotiating extensions. Yes. That would include uh, C.D. Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. Mm-hmm. And anticipating you're a year away from that with Micah Parsons. Yes. So when you start calculating what money you have, Stephen Jones has been talking about this, just no one wants to listen. Mm-hmm. So when you start calculating what free agents you would like to sign, mm-hmm first positionally and the, for instance I'll just tell you right now I want you to sign Deron Payne. Yeah, me too. You're right. If okay. You can afford it, yeah. There we go. Because you have to leave money 
for the guys, your own guys, that you know you want to sign. Yes. Now, in CD's case, you've got an extra year. You don't have an extra year with Trayvon Diggs. So the budget process is ongo- ongoing? Yes. Throughout the year? Throughout the year. I mean, you're always thinking about it. You think about, you know, we hold a little bit in reserve from the cap to, you know, if you can, based on injuries and everything else, to flip over the next year, do things to give you more money to pay that credit card that's coming. So the good news is you played, of course, the whole league schedule's pushed back now with the extra game. So here, what are we on? The 23rd of January, just finished playing. Mm-hmm. Okay. you got about a month before you have to know exactly what money you're going to commit to free agency, right? Yes. yes. So is the first order of business to really sit down and look at that list of your veteran free agents and prioritize when you'd like them all, you can't have them all and prioritize who, you know, the must-haves and the want-tos and all that? Yeah, I mean, we're going to go through it and say, here are must-needs and wants. Um, Which players fall into what category? How do we address that? What is that going to cost us? If if it's going to cost you too much, what's your next answer? So then you start throwing in free agency and the college draft about, you know, what the depth and all those things to kind of figure out your game plan if the financials don't work out. But it's a big – I mean, it's professional football. Guys get paid. Um, the unique part about it is salaries continue to grow. Well, they, the cap doesn't grow as high as the salaries grow. So I'm glad I'm not the check bookkeeper. <laughs> um, and this is, like, just a personal question, something that I've kind of struggled with as a reporter is just – recognizing that these guys are football players and they're also people and just kind of separating the emotional part of the game with the business side of the game. Over your career, how have you kind of found ways to, to separate that? So when you're going through that list and you're, you're saying like, hey, we can't make this work with this guy, how do you separate the emotional attachment maybe that you have with some of them to focus on the business? It's tough because it is a business, but it's honesty when you can be honest about the process and what you're going through or what you can pay and not pay or, you know, guys will go, hey, you want me back? Sure, we want you back, but I'm sure you want to get paid and it might not match. If it doesn't, wish you the best of luck, but it is a business and that's, that's it, it, and it is hard. You know, you go from, when I used to coach, you used to get into it with your players and, you know, have that bond with them and I sort of have that now because we sign them, they're, you know, part of my extended family. When I let them go, they're part of the extended family. So it's, it's trying to uh, uh, figure that out and just be honest whenever, you know, whenever the opportunity comes up. We've got to be honest and have that face-to-face discussion. You might not like it, but at least you know I'm telling you the truth. So I was running down that list of in-order priorities of things you have to do, but listening to you, it occurs to me that you really have to start to have a handle on where the strength of the draft is yes. in a month from now. Yes. And now you're going to change your board, but before you start prioritizing money to veteran free agents, if I, I'm imagining uh, the conversation at the table and someone's going to say, okay, uh, do we have to go get a defensive tackle? I'm making up the position. Do we have to go get a defensive tackle, or is there strength in the draft? you got to have those answers. Yes, that's you, what we look so at. So you got a month. we got a month. Well, what the hell are you doing sitting here? The, coll- <laughs> this college, the college scouts have gone out and done a great job kind of talk you know they go in their areas we start setting our board you know and and at least looking at it now before we get all the input so you got a general feel as to what the strengths or weakness in the draft is now we're going through free agency and you say okay here are the players here this these players 
we got kind of a formula. The A players or free agents at different positions are going to be around this amount of money, and, you, you know, you continue to go down. I think the, um, um, the big key is not just big free agent names because, as Stephen always says, you pay them for what they've done, not what they're going to do. I think we've done a great job. The pro scouting staff has done a great job of finding those free agents that can fill holes at a high enough level where you can draft free. That's you're pure. That's the way I say it is fill the holes and then be able to draft pure. And it comes from knowing free agents, knowing what we do, and finding those guys that may not be the, you know, the, the, the top flight, you know, big dollar free agents, but guys that can come in and contribute. Uh, two examples that come to mind might be J. Ron Curse and Carlos Watkins. Yep. Yep. Nobody, you, nobody was beating down their door. Right. Nobody was beating down their door. We, they fit some, what we were looking for. Uh, they weren't, no one was beating down their door. They're good football players, and it was a good environment for them to be in. And, and that's how you get those guys. And a lot of players want to come and play in Dallas. So that's an advantage for us here, no state tax, the opportunity to win. The, you know, you're on TV all the time. So we do have some benefits on our side, as well as, you know, just the guys in our locker room and guys in the league talk. And that gives us an advantage sometimes when you start talking to some of these guys. And not everybody's going to get paid the big dollars when you're a free agent. So when that first wave goes through, those big dollar guys are gone. So now guys start figuring out where they fit in. And if I'm going to play for less than I, I'm worth, I think, then I want to go play at a place where I have an opportunity to win and, you know, all the things we have here. So that gives us an advantage trying to get some of those guys. But it's finding the right ones. I will never forget when Mark Stepnoski came back if you're too young to remember Mark Stepnoski, Google him. When he came back for the second time, <laughs> Haley, Haley just picked up her phone. Uh, and, uh, and he came back from having been with the Oilers slash Titans. And I remember saying to him, what makes you decide where to go? You left here and went to Houston. Now you've come back here. Is it just money? He says, it's not just money, especially when a guy's been around a while and maybe saved some money. He said, it's uh, the strength coach, that's surprised. It's the strength coach, it's my position coach, and it's the head coach, as well as the opportunity to win. So do you find that still the case when you talk to free agents? That's absolutely it. It's, you know, um, it's who's in your locker room, where's my opportunity, uh, what is our, you know, where is the team going? I think that's to Mike's credit uh, and, and the coaching staff coming in now. I think they have established um, – you know, a good reputation amongst free agents around the league. Uh, it's uh, the Joneses and what, you know, the Taj Mahal that we've got built here and everything that we have going on here um, and, and, and the opportunity to be seen and to win. And, and you got to find the right guys. We spend time with the free agents. And, you know, I keep talking about the right guys. It's not right kind of guys that do everything right all the time, but that fit what we're trying to do, that understand the mission. And, you know, you sit down with them and you find it out and you try and eliminate the – the, the me guys, like, you know, you sign T.Y. Hilton, who'd been out, and he's not a me guy. He was a guy that said, I just want to play, uh, and I want to, you know, play for a team that has an opportunity to win. And as long as we can keep putting together teams that have an opportunity to win with people that can help you get to that point, these free agents are going to want to come to this, you know, want to come and get a shot here, too. Cowboys personnel director Will McClay is our guest on the final Cowboy Hour of the season. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. And City Works for the Cowboys Hour, which is presented by Luke Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Haley Sutton, Brad Sham, and Will McClay. Will, thanks so much for being our guest today. Now, Brad always makes fun of me because I... When do I make fun of you? <laughs> he always makes fun of me because of my love for the tight end group that you guys brought in oh, this year. Oh, no, I share it with you. I share it. <laughs> 
uh, Peyton Hendershot, Jake Ferguson, but really this entire rookie class, when you look at the con contributions that they made very early on, you know, this was a group that really established themselves early. Some of them provided to be pivotal down the stretch. Uh, just take us inside this rookie class, what you kind of saw out of them and, and how much of an impact they've been on the roster this year. Well, very proud of the way that, I mean, because, you know, again, as Jerry loves to say, and it's very true that, you know, 10 of the players make a large portion of the salary cap. You've got to be able to have young guys come in and play. Um, and I think it's a credit to the players coming in. And, you know, this isn't college football. They've got these big volumes of playbooks and things to learn. Uh, so they attack that. But also the coaching staff to get them prepared. You know, they've got – it started with the, you know, rookie when they got in. Um, the way you indoctrinate them to it is you've got to spoon feed them. You've got to find ways to make each kid learn. And very proud of the staff about the way that they did that and the way to teach to the different individuals and then those kids taking it on their own to know what it takes to, you know, have an opportunity to play. It was uh, it was good to see young guys come up. Tyler Smith played guard, tackle, guard, um, you know, which is unheard of and at a high level in the NFL and didn't blink. Well, it's, it's his, uh, you know, it's his interior medal and all that other stuff, but it's, you know, Philbin and the coaches coaching him. It's uh, uh, Tyron Smith and Zach Martin and Jason Peters helping this kid grow and him being able to take and accept that. Um, I think the biggest thing is that they were – we picked kids that had the ability to play at the NFL level and they took it upon themselves to find out and they followed guys like Dak, Dak Prescott to say, this is what it takes to play in the league. So you weren't surprised at all that any of them kind of stepped up the way they did? I'm surprised that all of them did because it's a different level of football. Um, a big one is uh, Deron Bland out of the blue. Now, we saw some things that we liked, but he superseded what we thought because he picked it up that much faster. He was that much more competitive than we you know, than we even thought. Um, he'd go get the football. Nothing scared him. He would tackle. You know, to find DBs that tackle that come from college football is kind of hard because they, they play touch in college football a little bit. So <laughs> some of the things that he did was, you know, it was unique. Uh, again, Tyler battling. Uh, uh, you know, Sam Williams, the, the, the contributions that he had. Just all of these young guys, you know, we were talking about them earlier. Turpin's an NFL rookie. The contributions that they brought to the team helped us get to this point. Bland is one of those guys who, to me, and it's been going on forever, I mean, you can go. You can go back to. Uh, it's certainly to the '90s. You know, if, if the the if the geniuses had known how good Leon Lett and Eric Williams were, they wouldn't have been drafted where they were drafted. That's it. Um, Rayfield Wright. You can go back all the way. So you'd have drafted Bland higher if you knew what you had. Yes. Which, drafted Hendershot instead of getting him as a free agent. It's, you yeah, know, it's the. So when do you find that out after you've got him in the building and expose him to your? to your culture and your coaches and that kind of thing? Yeah, and you find out about them. I mean, again, we don't know. We know a little bit about these kids, but you don't know them until you get them in your building, and you don't know how um, how you're going to shape them, how you're going to teach them. You, you know, it's, it's, it's every, everybody's different. And, again, to the coaching staff, being able to reach these young guys and do it. But it's also the vets pulling them along. Um, so you don't really know that till you get them in the fire. And now some, you know, are you going to spit the bit or are you going to – handle it and uh to these young guys credit it's tough you know some tough sledding out there and they fought and, and and contributed um 
Let me see if I can start with some questions that I know you won't answer, but I've got to take a okay. shot. I know. I was like, he's answered everything we've no, asked I know, so far. No, I know. I know. Yeah, I've been, been easy. Yeah. Trying to soften him up. I've known him a minute. Yeah. Uh, um, you're, you're veteran free agents, not the restricted free. Terrence Steele, for instance, a restricted free agent, so he's right. not going anywhere. Right. Uh, you're veteran free agents, uh, and you have them. You touched on this. Look at him. His the wheels are yeah, turning. Wheels He's are trying turning. to answer the question. <laughs> yeah. What 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 am I going to have to answer next? And how am I going to answer it? That's I'm what's happening. I'm glad you're right handling there. it. Um, so you you have a kind of a priority list. Must keep this guy. Would like to keep this guy. Love this guy, but probably won't be okay. So would you be willing to tell us who you must have on good, that list? Good players. Well, they're all good players. Now. now we, we st we've still got to go through that. I mean, we have an idea, but we're going to sit down collectively, you know, with Mike and the staff and Jerry and Steven and the cap guys, and we're going to go through it, and, you know, we're going to forecast a little bit. See, this is what I meant. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he, he could have answered this question in November, actually. He's been making this list yeah. and altering it as it's gone along. Um, you can only franchise tag one player. Um, do you know who that'll be? I no. mean, you'd like to not have to do anybody, right? But that'll be that'll be tricky. It's it's going to be tricky. There's guys that you want back, and as you get into negotiations, if they want more than than you're than you can afford to pay, or you know, based on the way that you uh, manage your salary cap, it's an option for us to be able to keep a player and continue to try and negotiate with them. Are any of those guys in different? positions on the priority list than they were when the year started. In other words, have any of them played at a level even higher than you expected, not hoped, but expected, and moved themselves up the list? Um, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, guys grow and get opportunities and they play better and they show you more what they have and they also show everybody else what they have. So that, what, that, that makes the job more difficult too. Okay, you play better for us. Well, other teams are recognizing that too, which increases the value. So, yeah, there's a couple of players that have hit free agency at the right kind, the right time, the right way. With the way they in the right way, would you be willing to share any of those names? Nope. Okay. <laughs> See, so no you. names is what I'm picking up. I'm over here taking no. notes. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean it's 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 public knowledge. Tony Pollard, you know, and he'll be back from the injury and everything else, but he's a very vital cog to what we do. Other people see him as a very vital cog to what they could do as well. Uh, there's a lot of running backs in, in, in free agency, and so, you know, depending upon what people want to do. Um, but he's a, an explosive playmaking guy. That's one that – and he, he's ours. You know, we want – our players that we draft that grow up with us uh, that are, you know, know how it is and they, they can help us, those are the guys that you want to re-sign again. I mean – the NFL is, you know, we used to talk about, you know, when you draft a guy, you want to get him to the second contract. Just the way that it works and the timing of things, I want your four to five years to be great, and then we make that decision after that. Is a guy who helped himself by his play, for instance, Leighton Van Der Esch? Yes. Yeah, I mean, he, he's helped himself. I mean, Leighton, you know, I remember talking to Leighton right before we drafted him, and I said, where do you see yourself in five years? One of these standard questions I asked, and he said, uh, being the captain of this team and leading him to the Super Bowl. Um, and that still um, burns inside of him. Uh, and, and to see him progress, go through what he went through, 
the scare and then come back on the field and be even better. Yeah, I mean, he's – you know he's he's grown even more so in my mind because of that and had a great deal of love for him when we drafted him and knew what he could be and then to see him develop and grow that he's you know he's one of those guys that helped we talked about the foundation the locker room and all that stuff he's a big cog in that because of how he handles himself and the way that he holds people accountable and brings people with him is there an area that you see as being maybe more of a need than in other places that helps prioritize those decisions no, I, 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 I really can't say that one area or the other. It's, you know, when you get to that and you start talking about free agency, well, that's why you're never one player away, so that's why you don't draft for this year. You draft for long term. And, you know, we've drafted players that you make, so a lot of them have gotten opportunities in the past couple of years to show that they can grow into more. But uh, you still want those guys that you lean on that are uh, big pieces and helping us win 12 games two years in a row and getting to this point. You also have a couple of players uh, for whom I have too much personal affection and respect to mention their names right now who uh, have less of their career in front of them than behind them, um, who may or may not be free agents, but the money's going to come into play. Um, where are you in the process of deciding, well, I'd like that guy back, but I can't afford him at that number. I don't want to insult him, but let's see if he'll take less and find a role for him. Where are you? Have you, have you reached that decision point with guys yet? I haven't reached that decision point. I've had those internal discussions as to, because you've got to figure out how to manage the credit card, you know, and um, – out of respect to the people that have done work and that you want on your team, you've got to figure it out and communicate with their guys. And, you know, they're going to be insulted. And those are all things that you've got to go through. And you got to have strong enough relationships with those people and their agents to be able to have those frank conversations. Okay. I think that's about all of the questions he won't <laughs> answer for this segment, for this segment. And uh, we'll, let, we'll let you folks uh, here at CityWorks have a crack at Will. You won't have any better luck than we did, but we'll let you have a crack at it. And we'll be back with Will McClay on the Cowboys Hour at CityWorks at the Star District in Frisco right after this.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons. And supported by Papa John's. Better ingredients, better pizza. Papa John's, the official pizza of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got one more segment here. Not a dry eye in the house. <laughs> with Will McClay. <laughs> and I think we're going to take some questions, yes? Have we, Joe? Yeah, let's go. Good evening, Will. How are you? Good, how are you? Great, thank you. My name is Rambo. You were talking about managing your credit card bill. <laughs> Did Odell Beckham Jr., not fall under that credit card bill? No, I, we didn't really get into uh, as much financial. There was a kind of a parameter that he wanted to be up under and did it fit, but it was really uh, health. You know, could he, was he healthy? Could he help us? That sort of deal. Uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a big stretch uh, because we didn't get fully into it. Now he's, you know, done a lot in the league, and I'm sure he wanted to be paid uh, handsomely, but we wanted to see – the proof in the pudding before, and, and that's kind of what affects. You know that that actually brings up um, an interesting thesis for me. Uh, Hilton came here. Uh, look, you guys had your eyes on Hilton in training camp. He wasn't ready physically, nor did he want to come to training camp. He wanted to come right? To okay. <laughs> he wanted to see talking to him the whole time. He wanted to see. He told his son he was going to watch him play high school football. So you brought Hilton in in December. The Eagles brought uh, Sue and Linval Joseph in in December. Are we tiptoeing into a new era where veteran players will find a way to stay in physical shape, don't want to go to camp, and then just come, let's, let's create a new mini market of free agency in November? It's, it's part of managing your cap and all of the opportunities you have to improve your team. You know, Linval Joseph, I... We were talking about it, and I was like, hey, we can, maybe we can get him to join practice squad. And the next day, Philly, I, mean, I, think the, I think they got our phones bugged. I, mm. yeah. So we're there, you're saying. That's yeah, the, you're there because players are going to say, okay, if there's been an injury and they, you know, nobody signed him, I'm not getting what I want. I'm going to stay in shape. Can I go to a contender and can I contribute at the right price? So, so hypothetically, a player like T.Y. Hilton could say, okay, I've proven I can play. By the way, I still have kids doing stuff in school, so I'll stay in shape. Really enjoyed my time here. Call me in October. Yeah. <laughs> that could happen. That could happen. Things, things like, hypothetically. Things like that could happen. I, mean, I want to get to team, that part team, of my career. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Don't be in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but that's, we're always looking for players. Now, if a guy's put stuff on tape that you know is there, you got to figure out if he's in shape and what role can he fit for you and how much do you got to pay him. Interesting. Hi, Will. It's Jacob. How you doing, Jacob? Nice to meet you. My question for you is, um, we lost a battle in the trenches yesterday uh, on the offensive side. I feel like we need younger offensive linemen uh, on our line. I'm just curious to hear from you, what do you feel like we need uh, down the stretch to make this team a contender next I think, year? I think we continue to get, have to find players that can – add value in whatever position they play. You, know, you talk about offensive linemen, uh, that was the number one defense, and they, you know, they're supposedly the number one offense. They struggled with our defensive line. It was a battle there. I don't think that there's enough offensive linemen to go around for 32 teams to have strong offensive lines. Those guys have to be developed. They don't play college football the same way that we do in the NFL. They look at a sign and they 
run down field on runs and passes. It's a different game that you have to play. So those guys have to develop. Uh, that's why I think that you know we got a special kid in Tyler Smith doing that. So we got to continue to try and find those guys and develop them. We have some young guys that we've drafted that they've got to grow up and step up. That's the way you got to keep building. You got to keep adding to it. Those guys have to develop and you got to keep building and we got to find ways to do what those guys do best too from a scheme standpoint. Give me a scouting report on Matt Woletsko. Um he <laughs> I call him Bigfoot. Um he he's he, he's he's a really smart player that's extremely tall and long and he knows how to use his body and he can be a swing tackle we were seeing some good things from him before he got hurt he adds depth if nothing else he couldn't practice because of the injury yes will he still have a leg up on anybody you bring in as a rookie do you think yes he will because he you know everything that we saw from him when we got him we were like okay there's something in there and he continued to prove that there was more before he got hurt like he had the injury in camp and he said no i don't want to have the surgery i want to play through it so for a young kid to come in and say that and do that, he wanted to prove everything, and he's, he's making big strides. Hey, Will, good to see you again. Good to see you, man. I have two questions. I'm a fan, and I'm a fan of the salary cap. Every year, is there some kind of regret that the organization comes down to the trade deadline? And I have another question behind the salary cap, too. Is it as a like a regret that y'all, you know, I know at the end of the, the trade deadline comes and teams try to get that one type of guy that can take them over the edge like San Francisco got, the running back. I noticed, like Troy Aikman said, y'all is a homegrown talent team. Y'all build through the draft. But I noticed at the end, the guys just don't have that, uh, that leadership in the locker room coming from Maybe uh, a guy that's standing out there in the free agent could be coming in to help. I know it's a pause every year at the, at the trade deadline. And also at the draft time, I notice you have a lot of picks. You like the fifth, sixth, seven, But maybe it's a guy in the third that you can package and go up and get this guy instead of having fifth, six guys. That's barely even making the team. Hold, hold on to answer that for a second. Let me ask you a question. You be well. Okay, you've got a third-round draft choice, sixth pick in the third round. I'm going to come to you now, and I'm going to say, I've got a five and a six and a seven I would like to give you for that third. Are you making that trade? You're not the Cowboys. You're the guy with the third-round pick. Are you making that trade? I think if I'm following you right and I'm following my question right, if there's a guy that you know you can get and could be Brian Barter's favorite picking, because we all listen no, no, to No, 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 no. You have a third-round, your, your Team X, you've got a third-round pick. I'm coming to you and say I've got a five, six, and seven. I'll give you those three for your third. Are you going to do that? Probably not. Thank you very yeah, much. It, okay. it takes two to tango when it comes to that. And one thing we're not going to do, if we're, 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 we have a pretty good track record of drafting players. So those players come in and contribute. So why am I going to give something away for somebody that I probably don't know as much about? You might think because Broadus or Mel Kuyper or whatever, who's not done any work that we've done, that guy's going to be the guy. Well, how do we know? Um, We've had draft picks that didn't work out. We've had draft picks that did work out. So I want more 
more throws at the dartboard, it's, it's our philosophy, than going to say, I'm going to give you everything to get that one guy. Because I truly believe you're never one player away. And then you might not have an opportunity to get Tony Pollard or Deron Bland or that kind of deal. That's the way that we approach it. Or Jason Witten. Or Jason Witten. Or, you know, and then you talk about free agency, it, 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 it uh, excuse me, the trade deadline, it also takes two to tango uh, when it comes to the trade deadline. Um, if, if I want something but you want more than I'm willing to give for it, it's, it, it's not going to work. Uh, and, and we try to do certain things. There was an opportunity in this draft we talked about, I mean, in this uh, trade period, talked about a receiver uh, from Houston. They wanted way more than you wanted to give for him, and he was making a whole lot more money than we wanted to pay. And that wasn't the only team with whom you were in discussions yes. yeah. and just a little more than you wanted to pay. Yeah, I mean, we made a trade, you know, for a guy that really helped us. Now we're mm-hmm. not going to the Super Bowl, but Jonathan Hankins. We gave a six-round pick for Jonathan Hankins, who came in here to be a, a really good player for us in that role that we got him. I think that's the, the – you also have to be responsible. Like, I might want to put – uh, uh, marble cabinets in my house, but if it's <laughs> not fiscally responsible, I think I'll just go with the wood ones. If you that know? credit card is <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. out. Thank you. There's a line foreman. I see him. I see him. How you doing? Yes. Uh, what I want to ask is that during uh, free agencies, if all of those guys choose to not look for higher pay and just remain where they're at uh, just to maintain the unity of, of what you've built, have there been several free agents who are willing to sacrifice the extra money? There's guys that will take less to stay here. We, we've seen it. They've been through and they've done that. And it's, you know, you got to pick the right ones. Uh, people want to be here, want to be here and they want to, uh, a lot of players will, will say, oh, I'll take a little bit less. How much is a little bit less when it comes to fitting the whole puzzle together? Is that it, this is so naive? Is the tax structure of the state a factor for those players? Yes, yes. I mean, that's. I mean, at least we think so. That's part of you know. I pick up the phone, and if it's close, no, I'm like, we hey, don't have an income I'm, tax. Going, I'm going, hey, you're paying taxes, so so the money, the the ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. It's usually more than that that you're getting from them. Taxes here. Yeah, kind of offset. Da, 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 da. So yeah, we use so, it. So as think much of the other can. stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. Your last shot. I don't know. I think you've done great today. Well, thank how do you, you feel now? The season's over, and it, we're we're looking ahead. How do you? Your final thoughts, just on how everything went this year. Um, I, 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 we didn't win the whole thing, so I'm not. None of us are satisfied. We're sure. all disappointed. There's only going to be one of 32 teams that they had the great season. Sure. Um, I, I what I. Continuing to try and push for is like all these people that are sitting out here that are Cowboys fans. It's hard to be a Cowboy fan. I don't really look at Twitter or what that, but every now and then I'll flip over and it's hard. And so what we're trying to do is reward those people that have stuck stuck with us and and and, and are true Cowboy people. And we want to ho- you know we want to hoist that trophy and we want to hold that thing up and, we, and not satisfied until we find a way to get that done. Will and I go back and forth all the time because Will is a devoted Houston Astros fan. Yes. And he knows that I am a diehard, longtime Chicago Cub fan. Sorry and to it, hear that. It, not <laughs> me. It's the Cub fan in me who says if you have a problem being a Cowboys fan, the fault is not with the Cowboys. The fault is with the fan. This team was really entertaining. Uh, it played hard. You guys did a great job of 
putting it together, and we appreciate your efforts and your time tonight. Now, get back to work. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Will McClay, everybody. Thanks for being with us all year. For Haley Sutton, I'm Brad Sham. We look forward to being with you again in September when we resume the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?